Turkey hunting is one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt. When I'm hunting turkeys, it is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. If you want to go further and add some fun and versatility into your hunting program, check out Can-Am's Defender. Pretty soon I'm headed to my buddy Doug's, and we're going to be running around in Doug's Can-Am because it's like, it's fun. You can get around quietly, easily, all over his property. It's just versatile. Oh, I love it. To find your next Can-Am or to shop online and get serious about backcountry travel, Visit canamoffroad.com. Turn something that you kind of dread driving around into something you love. Visit canamoffroad.com. It's a meat eater podcast. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spencer Newharth, and today we're joined by Stephen Rinella, Brody Henderson, Chester Floyd, Hayden Samick, Randall Williams, Dan Chumbler, and Sam James. This is a 10-round quiz show with questions from Meat Eater's four verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking. And there is a prize. Meat Eater will donate $500 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. For the stat of the week this week, we're looking at the Shelby Index. Shelby is my wife, and as someone who isn't much of a subject matter expert, she tends to get about half as many questions right as the winner so of more each episode. Than, but, but usually more than some people in the room. That does happen, yeah. Quite often, actually. That, that's my number to hit. <laughs> she would be like a like a she'd be like a pretty good player. There was there was one episode actually. Um, where she had gotten six and our winner had gotten six. And then when I went home, I gave her the tiebreaker and she beat Yanni on the tiebreaker. Wow. Hmm. So that's happened one time. Yeah, she'd be like a pretty legit player. Now, I introduced this barometer last year as a way to gauge how difficult rounds of trivia are. And here are the results. The Shelby Index has been dead nuts nine out of 19 episodes, which is 47% of the time. Her average score for those 19 episodes was 3.8, while the average winning score for those episodes was a 7.3. That means her average score is 52% of the average winning score. So it's pretty close. I want to say that again. I got lost. <laughs> so her average on those 19 episodes was 3.8. And the average winning score on those episodes was 7.3. Mm. So she's getting 52% of the amount of points that our winner gets. That's what you always say. That's what I say, but now we have the data to prove it. It was just anecdotal before. Hmm. Now we know it's it's there. That's a good stat. Here's our zero percenter question of the week. This is a question that nobody got right from episode 349. Here it is. According to Anthony Bourdain, you should never order seafood from a restaurant on what day of the week? 
Monday. Monday, you're right. The incorrect answers we had given that episode were Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. The correct answer, though, was Monday. That was a quote from Bourdain's 2000 book, which he later retracted, saying that seafood markets and restaurant standards have changed in the last two decades. Now, we also have some housekeeping to get to before we play. In a previous game of trivia, I asked what gender-specific term refers to an uncastrated adult male horse. The correct answer was stallion, but about a dozen listeners wrote in asking if I'd also accept stud. I looked it up, and the definition of a stud is, quote, a stallion kept especially for breeding. So, if you said stud, I'd consider that a correct answer. I don't think we had anybody in the room, though, who said stud that day. If you hadn't been riding on a Tennessee stud. <laughs> What's that song? It's just listening. Keep going? Johnny Cash. Yeah. Well, I don't know who Bunch, wrote it. Um, maybe, I don't uh, think he wrote it. Probably not. Um, what's his name? The he blind, had the nerve. Blind, he had the blood. Uh, Don Wa- Doc Watson. Roll maybe. that. Maybe. No, probably not. It's probably older. Chester, tell us about that hat. You look like you wrote in on a Tennessee stud. I didn't. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify. But uh, Steve uh, got me a beaver hat. It's really nice, warm. Good ice fishing hat. Yeah, there's going to be sweat rolling down your face at the end of this episode. Well, he's going to be pulling, like, all those hairs pull information out of the atmosphere, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like little antennas, dude. If I win today, I'm wearing this for every Mm, single trivia episode. You can't take it off. Man, my kid just had to, like, at my kid's school, they have a project where they got to bring in a thousand or something. Like a collection of 1,000 of something. What are some examples of what other kids are doing? Seashells. Okay. Real standard. I had a big patch of deer hide, about 18 inches square, that a dude gave me that was from a melanistic deer. Mm. So you would like, like, just a, not even, like off the edge, I took a pair of uh, fly tying scissors. And just off the edge, removed a thousand hairs off the edge. How do you know that? Counted them. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. We made a pile of a hundred, and then we eyeballed that pile real careful and made nine more piles that looked exactly the same as that pile. So then he brought those in in a baggie, but with the hunk of deer hide. And he's like, here's my collection. Now I ask you. How many hairs around this fuck on this chunk of deer? <laughs> right. How many hairs around this chunk? And then of he deer got hide? sent to the principal. Well, to which, no, to which the answer is be like uh, millions. I don't know, a million. Yeah, that's a thousand, thousand, easy. Hmm. That's pretty cool. And that's just a little hunk of hide. It's different. Did you feel bad cutting hair off the melanistic Dude, hide? you don't understand. It's like you can't tell. It was just like we went along the edge. Oh, it was like an inch of hair you no, took off. No, it wasn't Not that. Even. We went along the edge. Like you would, you you could just with one little tip of the, just went along the edge. Uh-huh. It, you, you can't tell. Like there's a border. Mm-hmm. We just went along the one, not even like one wall of one border. And did he get some white ones in there or not? No, it's like, it's pretty dark. Mm. Good on you. Mm-hmm. Now, also in a previous game, we Sam's learned. Sam's awesome thought about it. No, I was that. just thinking um, this this may not be right, but I remember, I recall reading or hearing that the fur on a seal is so dense that there's 20,000 hairs per square inch. 
I think otters. Wow. I think otters may have the densest. Good on you, Brody. We had somebody write in suggesting that as a trivia question as to what mammal has the densest hair. Wow. Um, and I, I tried to Damn back it, check I it. And one right. just, yeah. Yeah. I didn't Dude, feel I'm good about that wasn't today. I didn't Before, feel good about the sources, but there, they said sea otter. Well, the reason mm-hmm. we wound up with that deer, if you want to actually hear more about this, sure. we tried it with coyote. Impossible. Impossible. This too fine to deal with. Yeah. There's so much of it. Yeah. You can't, it's like impossible. You could never, hmm. it would, you can't do it. We you looked at a, We looked at a muskrat. We looked at a coyote. We looked at a skunk's tail. And the reason we had to go with that deer is because you can't, you, you can't like. You separate you, them. Yeah. You, you take a little snip of it. You can't, you're like, I don't know, thousands. Yeah. Wow. I wonder how many fibers there is in a turkey beard. Now, if we did Brody's head, dude, we'd have had the whole damn head. <laughs> you <Yep. scalped. laughs> You wouldn't have got to a thousand. That's but his little, sure. his beard, I don't know, man. Well, Square. that's what I can't get over about that hat of Chester's is it looks as much like a beaver wig as mm. it does a hat. It looks yeah. like it's so it's, perfectly. It's good. <laughs> we just need some big old buck teeth now, man. <laughs> Now, also in a previous game, we learned that squirrels cause the most power outages in America and that jellyfish are also near the top of the list. Steve wanted to know how jellyfish can pull that off, so I looked it up, and here's what I found. Jellyfish can cause major power outages by getting clogged in the intake pipes of power plants. This can happen worldwide, but the most extreme example Mm. was in the Philippines in 1999. That's where a bloom of jellyfish drifted too close to a coal power plant and got sucked into its pumps. The event knocked out power for 40 million people and wasn't remedied until cleanup crews extracted 50 tons of jellyfish from the plant's pipes. A bloom of jellyfish. A bloom of jellyfish. I'd read that they can be a swarm, a bloom, or uh, a swat, something like that. Interesting. Interesting. some weird group names for How jellyfish. How about a group of rhinos? Do you know what that know is? That, one. that was a real popular poster for a while, but I can't remember what it is. To crash. Crash, that's good. Mm. I got but that's not got a question a... for today either, Randall, so yeah. nope. I'm kind of screwed. What do you got, Steve? I got a trivia question mm-hmm. for you. In terms of pounds consumed per person, per annum in America. Per annum. Per year. Okay. Pounds consumed per person per year in the United States. Mm-hmm. What do you think the top four classifications of fish are? It's probably small stuff um, like anchovies. Nope. Sardines. Nope. Pollock. Nope. Tuna. Cod. Mm-hmm. 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 Cod, tuna, mm-hmm. salmon, bass. Tuna. Tilapia. Number four. Oh, that's good. Catfish? Number four. Catfish mm-hmm. aren't in the top four. Mm-hmm. So what, what are they then? Shrimp is number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shrimp. Now, if you tuna, if that question tuna, had been salmon, asked to you and shrimp was the answer, you'd argue that shrimp wasn't fish. I agree. Yeah. They're bugs, them, right? The list. <laughs> I was telling you. I was shocked to see Tlappy on there, number four. Now, the Shelby Index for today's episode is a three, so our winner should get about six correct answers. And with that, we're on to the game of trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything. Game on, suckers! Question one, the topic is woodsmanship. 
Which of these outdoor magazines is not real? <laughs> is it Fins and Feathers, Fur Fish Game, Game and Fish, or Fish Fur Feather? You might want to write these down. Which of these outdoor magazines is not real? Fins and Feathers, Fur Fish Game, Game and Fish, or Fish Fur Feather? Three of them are real. One of them is not. Again, your four choices. Fins and feathers, fur fish game, game and fish, fish fur feather. Steve, do you know this one? Yeah, I think I do, but I got a problem, but I don't want to bring it up because okay. it'll, it'll help people. All right. Brody's still thinking. Did no, you write I'm them writing. all out, Brody? I'm writing. Okay. I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there, you missed a conjunction. Mm, okay. You know what that is? Yes. Conjunction, junction. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is everybody ready? Yeah, let's do. Chester, go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying fish fur feather. Dan saying fish fur feather. Hayden saying fish fur feather. Brody yeah, saying to help you fish, out. The whole room said The whole that. room <laughs> said fish fur feather. They got it right. The correct answer is fish fur feather. Fins I still have subscriptions to the other three. You do. <laughs> Furfish and game, not furfish game. It's furfish game. It's a dash between each of the words. Furfish huh. game. There you go. I used to love that. Well, I still love that magazine. Dude, that Looking was when I was a prices. kid, man. That was the. Yeah, I can't remember who their fur analyst was. Parker Dozier was Trapper Predator Caller. And I can't remember who that. Pride, the market analyst at Fur Fish and Game. That was a good magazine. I feel they, like they, they, they had uh, strictly illustrated covers, right? They didn't do photos, did they? Mm, yeah. I feel like they cornered the market on folks who like to trap, right? Well, yeah, but, but you know, Trapper and Predator Caller mm-hmm. got good for a long time, you know. They also had a good classified section where you could, like, send away for all kinds of weird stuff, you know? No. You don't. Mm. Don't remember that? Like the sea creatures. Like in the back, yeah. No, like traps and... Oh, okay. (laughs) Fins and Feathers was a national publication that ran from the mid-1970s to late-1980s. Furfish Game printed its first magazine in 1925 and still publishes 12 issues each year. Game and Fish has been around since 1976 and still publishes 12 issues each year. Fish Fur Feather is a magazine that I made up by combining the other three titles. Question two. Topic is fishing. This is our listener question of the week, which was won by Caleb McLean. For sending this great question, Caleb is going to get a book signed by Steve. Name two of the seven states that list the striped bass as their official state fish. Hmm. Hmm. Name two of the seven states that list the striped bass as their official state fish. Hmm. Good on this crew for getting question one right. Everyone that is a hard-ass question. Looking for two of the seven states. Steve, did you ever write for Furfish Game? I don't think I've ever published in Furfish okay. Game. I thought they go back and had your that. first byline, no? Who had your first byline? Trapper and Predator. Call. Okay. Hit me that question again. Name two of the seven states that list the striped bass as their official state fish. Not a very confident room. Oh, Randall with the quickest answer. Doozy. I don't know if he's confident or he just wants to intimidate folks. That is a doozy. Randall, how you feel about this one? I feel reasonably confident. Okay. Two of the seven states. 
Hmm. I'm just okay. Seven. Seven of them. Brody, how you doing over there? I feel like it can only be a certain number of states, right? Okay. And the, like, seven of them. Seven. It can only be seven of them. <laughs> like, so it's like, like Oklahoma. That's true. <laughs> like in a certain. I'm not. You know. Okay. It's like he said too much. He thinks. Does everybody have an answer? Yeah, Brody. Why are you walking sec. everybody? Why are you walking everybody through it, man? I didn't. I didn't. I could have kept going, and then uh, I'd have ruined it. Chester, how we doing? Not very good. But Sam, I'm trying to get something down here. Uh, give me a sec. Okay. Steve, you think you got a chance? Oh, yeah, man. I'd be shocked if I didn't get one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Chester? I'm left-handed, and I always keep... I just keep smearing everything. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying Rhode Island in New York. Dan saying Alabama, Mississippi. Hayden saying Rhode Island, New Jersey. That's good. Brody saying Maryland, New Jersey. That's good. Sam saying Maryland, Massachusetts. Reasonable. Chester saying <laughs> New York, Delaware. Could be. Randall saying Massachusetts, Maryland. Hmm. The seven states are Maryland, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, South Carolina, and Virginia. I think the room did pretty well. Again, the seven states, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Virginia. After brook trout, striped bass are the most common state fish in America. Maryland was the first state to declare the striped bass their official state fish in 1965. But they don't call it a striped bass. That's the Rock weird fish. Rock. I know. Yeah, that's right. what was. That's why I didn't put them suckers down. New Jersey is the latest state to do so, making the striped bass their official saltwater fish in 2017. I think there are two states that designated as a rockfish. But that's a striped bass. Line so what I'm saying, if you went, if if you were in Maryland right now and you looked up their state, all their state this and that's, would question. it say rockfish or striped bass? I can get back to you later on that. I remember sitting there and we were watching some fish crash bait in a little estuary, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Look at them rockfish." I was like, "Man, you guys just smoke." Was that on that Sika hunt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you guys yeah. been smoking some of that wacky tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow eyes <laughs> in there busting bait. <laughs> Question three, the topic is conservation. Johnny Horizon and Seymour Antelope are the official mascots of what federal agency? What? Can you read that again? What? Topic is conservation. <laughs> Johnny Horizon and Seymour Antelope are the official mascots of what federal agency? Nobody knows this one right off the bat. Folks are just going to be taking a stab. Again, Johnny Horizon and Seymour Antelope are the official mascots of what federal agency? Hmm. <laughs> Steve, with a quick answer, how you feel about it? Well, let's take a broader look. Mm -hmm. I've got a perfect game so far. Okay. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> so even if I falter right now, uh -huh. it's like, you know, whatever. Sure. Again, Johnny Horizon and Seymour Antelope. Yeah, Randall with a quick answer. Randall, do you know this? I do not. Okay. I'm just making a guess based off of context. And I'm really curious to know what Johnny Horizon looks like. Yeah. I mean, kind of like Johnny Bravo, but flatter. He's very, like, he's very, <laughs> very level. Short. He's, like, very short and wide. Johnny Horizon and Seymour Antelope. Sam, you gonna come up with an answer? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I can guess at a government agency. Okay. Well, you'll, have, you'll have to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, here it comes. Chester, you ready? Hayden, you ready? ready I'm pretty sure I, I just something made down. something up. That's fine. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying BLM. Oh. Dan saying Game Commission. Hayden saying Federal Prairie Reserve. Brody saying BLM. Sam saying BLM, Chester saying National Wildlife Federation, Randall saying BLM. Bunch you guys are naming agencies that aren't agencies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The correct answer is the Bureau of Land Management. Room did pretty well. Johnny Horizon was a cowboy who made his debut in 1968. He campaigned for picking up trash, putting out fires, and leaving gates how you found them. Johnny retired in 1976. BLM then debuted their new mascot, Seymour Antelope, in 2008. Seymour is considered an ambassador to young people, encouraging them to connect with nature and explore public lands. Question four. I think you got are... a cousin shoot more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think those are pretty good mascots for the BLM. Yeah. Question four. The topic is public lands. This next great question comes to us via Carl Gustafson. If you have a question you think is right for meat eater trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. What state is home to the nation's smallest national park, which is just 91 acres? Mm-mm. Brody with the quick answer. Again, the question is what state is home to the nation's smallest national park, which is just 91 acres? Brody, do you know this one? Well, I'm going with the answer that popped into my head okay. real fast. No one else has an answer yet. Brody's got it, though. Again, looking for the smallest national park, which is 91 acres. In a state. Looking for You need to tell me what state it's in. The room is struggling, minus Brody. Is the perfect game going to continue, Steve? No, it's not. Okay. Your confidence is like one out of 50. Is that what you think? No. Okay, you got a better chance than that? Yeah, but the one I'm thinking of isn't technically... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that can't be right. He wouldn't make a... I mean, he makes some dumbass mistakes, but he wouldn't make a mistake that bad. I've got Let's a see. one in 50 shot here. Okay. chance for Chester. Dan, do you have an answer? I I do. Okay, Sam? Yep. Randall? I'll just leave it. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying New York. Dan saying California. Hayden saying Rhode Island. Brody saying California. Sam saying Rhode Island. Chester saying Florida. Randall saying Massachusetts. Nobody got it right. The correct answer is Missouri. Missouri? Gateway Arch National Park in St. Louis is 5,000 acres smaller than the next smallest national park, which is Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas. The Gateway Arch is 630 feet tall and 630 feet wide. It was built in 1965 and is meant to symbolize America's gateway to the West. Why is that not a monument? That is a weird one. Yeah, I Very thought there was some strange. little island off the coast of California that was a national park. Catalina. No. no. Has anybody been to Gateway Arch? Oh, yeah, I've been there. Oh. Yep. Did it was, it? was it worth I've it? I've been to all that. I've been to that hot springs, Arkansas. It's Bill Clinton. Yeah, if you ride the little elevator up to the top, you can look over the beautiful scenery of 
Western <laughs> Illinois just industrial plants. It's just go- it's gorgeous. Perfect. Clay, Clay's working on a bear grease about uh, the the stigmatism of Arkansas. Mm. Like for a long time, Arkansas is the most ridiculed state in the nation, and to and as is like re- in in refuting that stereotype, he's spending some time on. Walmart and Clinton. You like it? I should say in refuting it, but in complicating it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's getting into Walmart, Clinton, and some fancy ass uh art museum that's some some like Crystal World Bridge. Out. What yeah. is it? Crystal Bridge. Yeah. That that episode like came complicating out. factors of Arkansas, you know. Mm-hmm. They came out? Yeah, it came out at the uh, at the time of recording, so on uh March eighth. Oh. Well, there you go. Go yeah. listen to it. Yeah. Yep, go some burgers. They Question seem pretty proud five. of Walmart. Dude, Clay, People one time Arkansas. someone was telling us about Walmart's, uh, like, Walmart's, someone that works in manufacturing and supply was telling us about how good Walmart is about ensuring worker conditions overseas. Clay perked right up, dude. He was glowing. <laughs> he, loved, he loved hearing it. He's like, "Can you tell us again about Walmart?" <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I get giddy now when I encounter just a regular Walmart instead of a super Walmart. Every now and then, I feel like in the Midwest or the South, you come across one just a regular old Walmart without the grocery store. It's a real treat. It feels yeah. like you time traveled. Yeah, Walmart's pulling out of Portland. Why? You know when you see an article, but you don't read it? <laughs> <laughs> Question five. I always start, because I always tell people I read it. I'm, I'm going to start changing what I say. Yeah. Okay. Headline. Question five. Yeah, I was five. Reading, a, reading about the article in the uh-huh. headline. <laughs> the topic is cooking. This cheese, which is often used in lasagna, has a name that means recooked in Italian. Quick answer from the entire room this may be a hundred percent correct like the first question this cheese which is often used in lasagna has a name that means recooked in italian i definitely didn't spell it right okay is everybody ready (laughs) go ahead and reveal your answers Ricotta, ricotta, more, ricotta, 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 uh, Chester. That was one of the more off, you're going to do a little time. That was one of the ricotta. more dumber off-brand <laughs> questions you've ever done. Yeah. Everybody says <laughs> like ricotta. like dente. Ricotta is correct. <laughs> ricotta cheese is made by recooking the whey leftover from making other cheese, which is often mozzarella. It can be used as a substitute for cottage cheese, cream cheese, and mayo. If you want a great lasagna recipe that uses it, then go to TheMeatEater.com and check out Lucas Leaf's recipe for venison fennel lasagna. I get it. Steve, when else do you use ricotta besides lasagna? Give me an example. Omelette? Canola. Yeah, but you'd use it in other things that involve, you'd use it in other concoctions that involve, like, some sort of pasta and tomato. Sure. Kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that was decent. I don't like that question. Okay. I, mean, I got it right. How bad could it be? That's right. <laughs> Phil, we are halfway through the game of trivia. Give us a scoreboard update. Sure thing. No one's running away with the game, um, but we have Chester and Dan tied up with two points. Sam, Randall, and Hayden have three points apiece. And tied for first place, four points are Stephen Brody. Hmm. You don't say. Classic. Yeah. Question. You gotta take advantage of a one point lead over Randall, man. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he came in hot, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told my wife this. I said, uh, Randall won't admit it, 
but 1% of the reason that he's moving here is so he can play Meat Eater Trivia. And then last episode, Randall says, yeah, I'm just moving here so I can play Meat Eater Trivia. And now I don't think it's a joke anymore, Randall. I don't, I don't know that it has like a causal effect, but okay. I certainly like confirm that I'm yeah, It's only right 200 decision. miles. It's not like that. <laughs> yeah. It's not like that far of a move. <laughs> Yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it a thousand times more. If you got a family and you got people that rely on you, you need to take life insurance seriously. And Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. So with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Your life insurance policy, you know, that you get at work may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. Now, this is super convenient, right? Because a lot of times, you know, something like life insurance, you're just going to put it off because you're like, when will I ever have time to do that? I don't even know who to talk to about it. Well, this helps you do it online. Okay, again, you're comparing options from top companies. All right. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. The single most valuable tool I have for chasing turkeys next to my scatter gun is the Onyx Hunt app. If I'm hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. If I'm not hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. I'm always using Onyx. I live by that stuff. I can't tell you the number of birds this app has put me on by allowing me to easily find new areas to hunt. It's invaluable. I use it all the time. Even properties I know super well. And I'm at my buddy Bubbly Doug's house. I'm using Onyx, and I've hunted this place a million times. With their compass mode, I can pinpoint exactly on the map where a gobble rang out from and then figure out the perfect spot to set up. Meaning, if I'm sitting there, let's say I'm at Bubbly Doug's, I'm in the navel, and I hear, pow, I'll like instinctively pull up Bubbly Doug's place on on X and I'll look at the topography and I'll be like, oh, that sucker must be over in that little opening over there. Waypoints also, and the ability to share them, okay, comes in handy every spring. Whether that's revisiting old waypoints where I've been on birds before or sharing them to buddies to help put them on birds. This app will help you find more turkeys. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you, too. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this turkey season. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today 
or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Question six. The topic is hunting. This next great question comes to us via Jeff James. If you have a question you think is right for meat eater trivia, you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. This is a visual question. If you want to see what the room is seeing, then go to Instagram and check out at Spencer Newharth. I'll make it my most recent post. This former NASCAR driver is famous for wearing cowboy hats that often feature pheasant feathers, rattlesnake skins, and raccoon baculums. Pass that around the room. Again, this former NASCAR driver is famous for wearing cowboy hats that often feature pheasant feathers, rattlesnake skins, and raccoon baculums. Randall and Brody didn't even need the picture. I've seen that guy a million times. I don't know his name. I know. Brody, is it who you thought it was? If I, yeah, I think so. I I mean, hopefully I'm remembering his name right. Again, it's not, it's not Mario Andretti, is it? No, this, he did not look like an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> this former NASCAR driver is famous for wearing cowboy hats need, uh, that often feature pheasant feathers, rattlesnake skins, and raccoon baculums. We will do Jeopardy rules. If you have the last name, we'll take that. You don't need first name. I don't really know NASCAR. Okay. I would suspect that Brody and Randall don't know NASCAR either. Uh, but they might recognize this fella. Oh, yeah, dude. I they recognize... make a movie about this guy? I don't know. I Ricky Bobby? Any... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I recognize the Dickens album. I can't remember his damn name, man. I know. Randall, is that who you thought it was? <sighs> I believe so. Okay. Unless I'm getting the name wrong. Again, if you want to see this fella and his hat, go to Let's Instagram. Check out at Spencer Newharth. What are you seeing on those hats there, Steve? He's looking for the guy's initials it's on like those hats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blurred them out. This, this. Any indicators of who he is? An embroidered uh, shirt. Has been blurred out. What's this saying, Steve, that you say? Is it like uh, your hat personality can't be... Uh, Never wear minus. a hat that says hello before you do. <laughs> okay. Or... No, no. Never wear, yeah. Never wear a hat that has more personality. <laughs> While than Chester is sitting here in a beaver hat. But I don't think that that violates that because I'll, I'll wear one of those, but I would never be able to wear like a, that crazy ass hat that guy's got on. I would say that the beaver hat says hello before you do that. Uh, I, I think so too. Does it says every... it's cold out. <laughs> says, the, says the weather. I mean, says, says I'm wearing it in a podcast studio. It does. <laughs> says I'm a practical fella. Who uh, knows how to trap? Does everybody have an answer for who this former NASCAR driver is? Oh, 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 oh! Okay, I just—it just occurred to me. Like, was this, like was this divine meal. or humunculus? What happened? Mm. You didn't see my board. Let yeah. that one go on mm. a long time, didn't you, Spencer? <laughs> go <Yeah>. ahead <laughs> and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying Petty, oh, man. Dan saying Richard Petty, Hayden saying Rick Thomas, Brody saying Petty. Sam saying Earnhardt, Chester saying Dale Earnhardt, Randall saying Richard Petty. The correct answer is Richard Petty. God, just came to me like, like it flowed through Sa- Chester's Sam. hat. <laughs> yep, <laughs> to me, uh-huh. right out, right was, out of it. Mm. Well, missing Chester. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, like you and know, me. someone gets struck by lightning, and like he doesn't get zapped, but the dude next mm. to him does. It was like the information came into Chester's fur hat. <laughs> 
flowed down the table and up my leg into my head. <laughs> Although Petty's racing career began in 1968, he didn't start wearing the famous Charlie One horse hat until 1980. The flamboyant hats made him a fan favorite, helping him win the most popular driver award nine times. Petty's hat is so iconic that a signed version is on display at the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. We're going to get back to hunting and fishing on the next uh, question. <laughs> question seven. The topic is fishing. What body of water is often referred to as Florida's inland sea? What body of water is often referred to as Florida's inland sea? Quick answers from most of the room. Did not take into account that Steve got off a plane from Florida yesterday. <laughs> Is that going to help you? Well, no, because no one told me that. I, I think he might have known this before he, he... Okay. Again, what body of water is often referred to as Florida's inland sea? Does everybody have an answer? Give me a sec here. Okay. I'm just writing it down. Very confident room. Chester, what did you just add there to your whiteboard? Just a letter. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Reveal your answers. Okeechobee, uh, Dan saying Okaboji, which is in Iowa. Hayden saying It says Okeechobee. Okeechobee. I don't know that that says that. Brody saying <laughs> Everglades. So Sam saying, boy, these are some creative spelling. Sam saying Okeechobee. Chester saying Okeechobee. No, what does that say? Let's see it. it Okadobi. Okeechobee. I added the H in it. Okay. Okeechobee. Randall saying Okeechobee. They got it. The correct answer is Lake Okeechobee. We were right there. Seriously? I don't think we're going to give it to Dan, who said a lake that is in <laughs> Iowa. Lake, huh? uh, I think he, he's thinking of Lake huh? Okaboji, uh, which is in the northwest corner of the state, I believe. Brody said the Everglades, which is not right. The Everglades are not the same as Lake Okeechobee. Well, I didn't Okeechobee think they were. is the head of the Everglades. That's right. No. At 734 square miles, Okeechobee is the 10th largest natural freshwater lake in the United States. It's a relatively young lake forming just 6,000 years ago when ocean waters receded from the minor depression that is the lake bed. Amazingly, the average depth of Lake Okeechobee is 9 feet and the deepest part is 13 feet. I was just on that mother liquor last week. Yeah, we had a <laughs> we had an Airbnb, and there's this uh, what river was that? Caloosahatchee. Uh, Caloosahatchee, which connects to Okeechobee, and we were out there trying to catch some bass, and Steve said we never would catch a bass. Mm, and did you? Chris Gill caught a Chris Gill caught a bucket now. What happened? Okay, it's not what happened. Okay, let's hear Steve's side of the story. Do you want to hear my side of the story? Yeah, yeah. There's a little dock on the river, and there's some uh -huh. cattail ponds, and they come back all excited. $23 no Walmart rod. They go to a Walmart, buy a rod for 22 <laughs> bucks, and buy a bunch of 10-inch <laughs> artificials. Uh -huh. And I went down there to survey the situation. It's the kind of place you can't dock hop. You got one damn dock, okay? And I just said, I don't think that's how it's going to go down. Give us some specifics, Chester, of what you guys purchased. We purchased a spinning rod. Okay. We... Um, like Purchase. a Shakespeare, just a standard Shakespeare yeah, spinning yeah, rod. Yeah, just like a real cheap $23 spinning rod Dial with on. mono. Gil okay. said he's never going back to good rods. 
I can guarantee you I'm going back to good moments. <laughs> and, and what were these uh, artificial lures that you had? It was just a big, long, eight-inch worm, okay. and we were Texas rigging Texas them. Texas rigged, so they okay. had a bullet um, sinker. Uh, they mm-hmm. had a, like a bullet sinker on there and a big old Texas Man, rig. Man, they should have got how, some live shots. Well, I told him, and I came up with a fishing quote. <laughs> I said, you're fishing the way you wish the world was. Yes. And not the way the world is. Yeah. And I said, you go get some crawlers. I'll show you some fish, <laughs> which they did. And then they started breaking and everything under the sun. I love that about Okeechobee is they're unabashed by using bobbers and uh, live bait. Uh, that's like a yeah. standard guiding I was with a guy there. and he was booking a client. He, I was with a bass guy. We were out in his airboat. We went uh, shooting tilapia with our bows. Uh-huh. But he got a call and was booking a client. And the client is paying Captain Bob Stafford. The client is paying to go out bobber fishing with shiners. It's great. Yeah, man. That's how they get to, the giants. 30 to 40, uh, 30 to 40 bass days. It's awesome. Wow. We, circle hooks. And he's off he's on some body water just north of Okeechobee. Catch and release only circle hooks on live bait. Isn't it amazing to look out over that whole sea and think that 13 feet is the deepest it gets? Mm-hmm. Hmm. We, caught, we caught tilapia, catfish, and a largemouth. And were those all on the bobber worms as well? Yes. How big was like, the bass? Some folks call it a Steve rig. <laughs> How big was the bass? <laughs> like an like a 18, 17, 18 oh, inch. Yeah. Good bucket mouth. Oh, when they come running back from there, they were they were <laughs> thinking they were going to get some sixteen pounders out of there. Man. It was <laughs> Question eight: The topic is conservation. White nose syndrome is a disease that's killed millions of these animals in the last decade. Did you notice I didn't even wait for you to finish? I did. A couple other folks equaled Steve's confidence again. The question is. White nose syndrome is a disease that's killed millions of these animals in the last decade. I think in the race between Brody, Steve, and Randall, Steve won with the quickest answer. Randall and Brody also look quite confident. This is question eight. After this, we will get a scoreboard update. Maybe we should do a a version of trivia with the buzzer deal, whoever rings in first. Well, we did the holiday edition that was... That's right. Time. Family feud. I don't Family like that feud. idea. But then it gets into and just not the ding. buzzer. Yeah, because then get, it gets complicated because you ring and you're wrong and I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think know. I think at some point this year we're gonna try something where you have to wager throughout the game. You oh, can oh, wager oh, your oh, points. Oh. Uh, we'll see if we like it or not. Uh, what do you mean? Point, like I have five. Yeah, you answers, can wager right? all five. Like final, you want. Like final Jeopardy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But do it throughout the game. Again, question eight. The topic is conservation. White nose syndrome is a disease that's killed millions of these animals in the last decade. Mm-hmm. How, how specific do we have to if be? If you think the answer is white-tailed deer, you can just say deer. Huh, well, does how long mean? do people have? Because I got a little announcement to make. <laughs> Go ahead. If anyone out there has a print of Eric Von Schmidt's Here Fell Custer, can you send Spencer a note? Why, why is that? I want it for the new studio. Okay. Send mm-hmm. it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. Kylie's been trying to track one down for me, but it's hard to find. And what's it called again? Here Fell Custer by Eric Von Schmidt. Here Fell Custer. I you want, know where to get it. I Send it to trivia. huge one. Trivia at TheMeatEater.com. <laughs> we got room for it. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answer. 
We have Steve saying bats. Dan nah. saying mink. Hayden saying fish. Brody saying bats. <laughs> Sam saying bats. Chester saying possums. Randall saying bats. But he didn't even say possums. It was singular. He said crinner. <laughs> it's one of them. Millions of possums. The correct answer is bats. White nose syndrome was discovered in America in 2006. It arrived here from Europe or Asia and has been devastating bat populations ever since. It's estimated that about 7 million bats have died from the fungal disease in the last 15 years, and biologists now consider it the greatest threat to North America's native bats. Phil, give us a scoreboard update. We have two questions left. We must say goodbye to Hayden, Dan, and Chet, who played valiantly but are no longer in the running. Sam has five points. Randall and Brody have six. And in first place is Steve with seven points. Two questions Any, to Anybody's go. game, man. I could falter. Question nine, that the topic answer. is cooking. Look, that would, listen, if he'd have called it sooner, I'd have been... I was already savoring that point. <laughs> oh, man, so was I. <laughs> the topic is cooking. What coastal American city is famous for its hot dogs that are served with cream cheese and sautéed onions? What? Coastal American city? What coastal American city is famous for its hot dogs that are served with cream cheese and sautéed onions? Randall looks like he might... Make up some ground here. Randall, are Steve. you some kind of hot big dog hot aficionado? Dog oh, really? You're a big hot dog guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, what what does that them. mean exactly? They just taste great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this our second hot dog question? They serve them in, in fun weeks. places. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a question about red snappers. Yeah. Uh, red snappers. Yeah. Probably a month ago. This one, though, is what coastal American city is famous for its hot dogs that are served with cream cheese. This is where onions. I feel the, the cooking questions wander way outside <laughs> the focus of this. How famous? <laughs> uh, if you Google cream cheese hot dog, every single result is going to be this. It's, there it's is famous. A, there is a famous. restaurant in town that sells one of these, and it is called the Blank Dog. It's, it's, it's a thing. Is everybody ready? The Blank Dog. Uh, give me a sec here. Yeah. Are they hey, Randall? Have you had one of these dogs? He's he's giving yes. hints. Only a few though. Are they good? Only a few. We're, we're, we're really helping Today out the room or here. Lifetime. With that question. We got a lot going on here. <laughs> there, and there's a lot on the line, mind you. It's a tight game. Does everybody have an answer? One sec. I just need to beat Shelby. Oh. <laughs> Shelby and X is three. We've already surpassed that with Steve's seven and two questions to go. Brody, are you going to get this one? I have no idea. Okay. But I'm still thinking. Is everybody ready? Hmm. Brody? Nope. God, I'm struggling to see what this question has to do with anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, it's gonna... about it's a regional preparation, just like we talk about uh, lobster rolls. Of like the Maine thing least versus... likely to be made from wild game. <laughs> I bet you somebody uh, has some besides asparagus <laughs> recipe coming up. <laughs> Our website here. has plenty of hot dog and sausage yeah, recipes. It's hard to pull off. All right. Whatever. Brody, you ready? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve, what's that say? Saying Philly. Dan saying Philly. Hayden oh. saying Coney Island. I think it's a Coney Island. Brody saying Boston. Sam saying Atlantic it's City. Gotta be Philly. Chester saying I, Seattle. Yeah. Randall saying Seattle. The correct answer 
is Seattle, Damn. Randall and Chester Listen, got it right. Cheese. I lived in Seattle, dude. I didn't eat hot dogs with cream cheese on them. You got this wrong. I think that says more about you than Seattle. Here's why. The Seattle dog was invented in Pioneer Square in the late 1980s. It became a late night staple for food carts to sell to bar goers, becoming the unofficial drunk food of the Emerald City. The hot dog is typically a Polish sausage that's split down the middle and served on a toasted pretzel bun. Hmm. Randall, did good. you have a Seattle dog in Seattle? Yes. Did you get it like off a food cart, at a ball game, a restaurant? What was going on? I don't remember. They all kind of run together. But, um, <laughs> I've had a couple of them. And, Not uh, my favorite. I'm more of a traditional mustard, ketchup, onions, relish guy. And Phil, as our, uh, as our person from the Pacific Northwest, what's your familiarity with a Seattle dog? It's uh, the best hot dog I've ever had was a Seattle dog. Really? In, just, it's so indulgent. It's 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 really really good. And do you, do you just do like a classic cream cheese and sautéed onions? Yep, yep. Or do you do sriracha, that's jalapenos? Nope, that's it. Okay. Pull a sausage, cream cheese. What Brody onions. right now? The pretzel bun is big Boston. too. Chester, did you know that, or were you just guessing, um, or did you cheat off Randall? I did. I didn't cheat. Okay. I I was gonna guess Portland or Seattle because I feel like I've just heard that before. Like uh-huh. Portland dog, Seattle dog, and I just guess Seattle. We you know what's funny, man? I, I put down also, I just realized I put down a non-coastal. But I was, <laughs> yeah. We had a couple of folks who said yeah. Philly. I, 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 I did too. I, was I wasn't going to shame different. them. I was thinking of the Philadelphia Tea Party, man. Well, and <laughs> Philadelphia cream cheese. When right? I saw the yeah, two Philly answers, I'm like, man, I am pretty ignorant about that part of the country, not knowing no, that it's on I the coast. I don't even want to. I got too, I got too, I got too focused on cream cheese and not focused enough on same <laughs> Phil we have one question left where do folks stand it's a good one we've got Brody with six points and tied up in first place now are Randall and Steve question 10 the topic is am I still hunting. in it you need these other two to get yeah, it wrong and it you wrong, to get, you it, get right. it right You're still in it, oh that's not gonna happen this next great question <laughs> comes to us via Kevin Nowak if you have a question you think is right for meat eater trivia you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. Kevin, I'm going to kick your ass if I don't get this right. <laughs> How many states east of the Rocky Mountains have huntable populations of mule deer? Come on. Is that it? What's the come on? You don't like the question? Does, it, does the state it's have to have, what if the state has Rocky Mountains in it? Well, then that wouldn't be east of the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, it would. No. So the entire state has to be east of the Rocky Mountains. Yes. Problem. Looking for <laughs> how many states east of the Rocky Mountains have huntable populations of mule deer. Just looking for a number. Just looking for a number. Brody, how do you feel about this one? You need Pretty other... good, as okay. long as my de- definition of east of the Rocky Mountains is correct. Okay. Yeah, this, this takes uh, quite a bit of knowledge about where mule deer live, where the Rocky Mountains are. Etc. Good on you if you get this right again. How many states east? This of is the more Rocky like l- l- this is a more of a tiebreaker, buddy. It's more of a tiebreaker. I, I think I think you'll be surprised at how well folks do with this question. Randall, how do you feel about this one? I think I'm plus or minus three. Okay, I'm plus or minus one. Okay, and mm. Brody thinks he has it. This is shaping up for maybe a three-way tiebreaker. Does everybody have an answer? Listen, man, it should be like name blank number of them. 
you can't expect people just to have this right. We'll see. I think it's reasonable. <laughs> Does everybody have an answer? Did you yeah, just I, change I your answer, point, Randall? Buddy. Randall, you changed yeah, your I answer? I did. Okay. Oh, Hayden's changing his it, answer. It's non-consequential. I'm out. Go ahead and reveal your answer. We have Steve saying five, Dan saying four, Hayden saying four, Brody saying six, Sam saying five, Chester saying four, Randall saying, is that a four or a nine? Oh, that's a four. I changed Randall, it from a five. Randall mm. saying four. We have a correct answer in the room. It's six. Sending us to a three-way tiebreaker. Tell me the six. Tell me the six. Oklahoma has it. I think that's what you missed. Oklahoma. The six states extend from Canada to Mexico. They are North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. Mule deer are occasionally reported in states like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Missouri. But they are often young bucks that wandered in from neighboring states to the west. Man, if I'd have wrote down Oklahoma, it'd be over. <laughs> now, it did would you be. <laughs> did you not think they had mule deer? Did you forget about Oklahoma? Did you think I didn't Rocky think they Mountains had a season? Went there? I didn't think they had a season. Okay, they do. So we are going to a three-way tiebreaker. Play the drop, Phil. <laughs> have we ever had a three-way tiebreaker? You ain't first, you last. Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. You first, you last. You you can be second. You can be third, fourth. Hell, you can even be fifth. Don't you get a minute? Can you redo that? I don't like that one. You don't like the that's that's Ricky Bobby. No, I know, but it's like too much of the same thing. It's just a long passage. Yeah, I thought it might have been. Yeah, sure. You send me some ideas. (laughs) Brody, Steve, and Randall going to our tie-breaking question with seven correct answers. I never liked it. (laughs) (laughs) The tiebreaker will be a numerical question. Whoever is closest to the correct answer will be declared the winner. The tie-breaking topic is hunting. What is the last year that ESPN <laughs> ran hunting content on their network? Brody with a quick answer. Almost no, as if, I'm just okay. getting my pen ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you will not catch Brody sleeping He's, he's over moving there. the pen over into the area where he's going to write. That's right. Again, the topic is hunting. What is the last year that ESPN ran hunting content on their network the only answers that matter are Randall, Brody, and Steve, but the rest of the room can play along if they'd like. Looking for the last year that ESPN had hunting content. Brody, how do you feel about that guess? I think I'm close. Okay. Randall? See, this one's weird, though, because there's no like decimal point shit to like fall back on. We've done you know? years before. I know. If we need to go to a second tiebreaker, we can do that. Oh, man, it could go Phil, on all day. Then what's Phil going to play? Is this like <laughs> regular? He'll play, he'll play the clip you don't like twice. <laughs> this is like regular programmed Yeah, like material. the last time you like turned on ESPN. Overtime. On ESPN 1 or 2? Are we including the spinoff it's, networks? It's whole network. The Ocho. Remember I think that? just cut it at, <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last, cut. <laughs> and then like go into other stuff that's funny. Steve, I'm worried you're not focused on our tie-breaking oh, question no, here. About it. Okay, have you come up with an answer yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. For the last year that they ran hunting content on ESPN. Randall, do you have an answer? I've seen you change it a few times now. I'm working on my third. Is everybody ready? I got to do a little edit. Okay. Is everybody ready? I'm ready. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Dan saying 1987, Hayden saying 2005, 
Samsung 2011, Chester saying 2007. And the answers that matter. Why don't you name what Brody has? We have Brody saying 2008, Randall saying 2001, Steve saying 2005. One of you is within two years of the correct answer. The right answer is 2010, making Brody mm. our oh, winner. What a comeback. Oh, what an amazing wow. comeback. Mm. Brody came through clutch with the six mule deer states and then got within wow. two years. And he was saying it can't be done. He, he did feel that been. way. Shouldn't have been. Down. You know, wow. never, never, Brody, never a, give up, Steve. No, never that was give an amazing up. performance, man. That was solid well played. Finish, I was yeah. so distracted by the fact that I was going to lose, I didn't even think of uh, <laughs> someone to donate to. You know what? Brody exemplified mm. right there my <laughs> my uh, maxim. This is uh, be a pessimist in your head, but an optimist <laughs> in your actions. That's right. I like but it. I feel like he was being a pessimist in his actions as well. By expressing well, I kept he started answering kicking the ass. He, started answering answering the he got everything right mm-hmm. from that moment on. Now, while you think of a donation, Brody, let me tell you this. ESPN announced in a 2010 press release that it was cutting all outdoor television except for bass tournaments by the end of the year. <laughs> the last hunting show I can find that aired on ESPN was Bill Jordan's Real Tree Outdoors, mm. where David Blanton goes on a once-in-a-lifetime elk hunt in Wyoming. That episode aired on December 19, 2010. What made it once-in-a-lifetime? I think it was, you know, a tag that was like, took him 16 years of drawing, he hired an outfit or something like that. Hmm. Brody, what happens next is you get to choose where the $500 donation goes, so what's it going to be? Uh, I'm going to do the Mule Deer Foundation. Ooh, because he came in on that Mule Deer question. Besides besides it being question game, 10, what else do you like about the Mule Deer Foundation? Oh, habitat work, access, hunter advocacy, all that stuff. Well done, Brody. Oh, amazing game, Brody. Come back for the ages. Hey, man, I, when, I, when, it, when it's deserved, I'll hand it out. Hell of a comeback. Well done, Brody. Join us next time for more Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm not wearing this hat anymore. Mm-hmm. You're hot? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not hot, but it's, it's giving other people answers. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's why. Hey, everybody knows Weber Grills. I've been using Weber Grills my whole life, and check it out. They got a pellet grill, the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Now, with a pellet grill, you can smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. You can go from low and slow, okay, on smoke boost mode, or crank this thing all the way to a heat sear at 600 degrees. It's got a full great sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood pellet grill. Telling you what, Decked is a game changer. Decked has completely changed how I load, organize my truck. All my stuff that I want is always in there, out of my way, and secure. It's perfect. If you own a pickup truck that you use, you know, like a truck, the decked drawer system gives you weatherproof storage for all your gear. You can lock it up, too. You keep your tools and gear organized, job site or out in the field. Go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping. Go to decked.com slash meat eater and get yourself some free shipping.